right, guys. Welcome to another episode of the playthrough. This is our news edition. Um, our plan for these episodes are hopefully once a month we'll do a news recap showing you what's happened in that month. This time we're going to show you what's happened so far in 2019. So we're in February right now. So we'll get January and February kind of covered with that. Joining me, though, is Ken Poole. How are you Hello. doing, my friend? I'm good. Dr. J. Esquire. I have to say the Esquire now, right? That's in You're your contract. Required, yeah, by yeah, law. Yeah. And then the guy who asked me for blue M&Ms, which I don't get, is Russ. <laughs> um, and then I'll still run in the camera is Dr. J's brother, Tiankum, over there. Thank you so much. No one can see you, but I appreciate your help right there. Um, I'm KT Data. And, you know, let's just jump into some quick news. And this first one, it's kind of a little bit beefy, but if you're a trading card game fan, you may want to hear a little bit about this, right? Yeah, so uh, it's just some, uh, like, a series of announcements that have come out about the uh, Warhammer Age of Sigmar Champions collectible card game. It's also, uh, there's an app implementation on your phone, so you can play it digitally, you can play it physically. You can also scan your cards that you get physically into the digital app. So it's really, really like cross-play, kind of an open platform. It's really cool, like being able to, I want to play this game, but I don't have anyone sitting here. So I'm going to get on my phone and play the actual game with my actual cards, play the same same decks and stuff that I already have built. But um, I've been really loving it. It's great. Uh, So... They announced a whole bunch of different things, like over the course of about a week, uh, a couple weeks back. But they've announced their whole OP plans for the year, which is the, their organized play plans. They've got their season two kits in stores now, and that's going to be a small foil pack. Inside, you will find one card that is going to be like an alt art foil really nice looking thing and then another one that is just you scan it into the app and you're going to get like a card back or a play mat or like an avatar or whatever just in-game uh kind of goodies uh then they've got in march they've got their what they're calling the blood and glory series which is a like a local series for that that'll have special prizes it seems to be just a local level championship that'll have um, it's just going to be like an OP series in a uh, local format. And then they're going to add champion points to their OP program, which will be points that as you earn them from playing in official things, you log your wins and losses, you'll get points that you can uh, use for uh, physical and digital prizes uh, for the first time. And they've got two sets out now. Their next set called uh, Savagery, they're going to start doing pre-release events, which they're going to call first strike events because it's Warhammer and they can't just call it a pre-release. <laughs> it has to be something more hardcore sounding. But this new set, Savagery, it comes out in April. They're going to add three new races and one new realm. Um, if you, When you play the game, when you're deck building, there's a lot of synergies between the races and then there's spells that work with different realms. Um, so they're at, they're expanding that and obviously adding to the existing races and the orders. The orders are uh, there's death, destruction, chaos, and um, and order. So all or the the grand alliances rather. Yeah. So they're, all all the things that you hate in life, right? Yeah. <laughs> you've got you've got order, which is like the good guys, and then death, destruction, and chaos. <laughs> real real positive stuff. Um, but those are the, the grand alliances, uh, 
super brief overview of uh, how, how you build a deck. You've got four champions. You choose one of the Grand Alliances, and everything has to fit into that. Um, how big play- are the decks? So you've got your four champions and then four blessings that you unlock throughout the game and then a 30-card deck. And it's... So that's not too bad to no, build. No, and like a-, a deck can have three of any named card. Um, you can have two of any uh, non-unique champ like the of the champions um each of your blessings is unique um how do they you, come can you buy like a pre deck and then the package so right now there's four uh pre-made decks one for each of the grand alliances um and then they're the other thing that they're coming out with in march is called the warband collector's pack which will have a death versus order decks um and so it, if you're familiar at all with the game light seekers this is, also this made is by this, yeah this is kind of a reskin of it right uh or, I, I never played light seekers so i really couldn't tell you how much of a reskin it is but i do know that they they copped a uh a mechanic from it where your cards turn and they have different abilities in the corner and I like the, that. The kind we, of we played Light there. Seekers. Didn't you not like that? I like. I did I, not I, care for Light Seekers personally, <laughs> yeah. but that might be because I played like a I played a deck that was terrible against the deck that yeah. Russ was playing, and I felt like it's because you hate losing to Russ. There was ever, no possible ever. way for me to win that particular game, and <laughs> I was kind of salty yeah. already going into it. So from from what I've played of this and I haven't played a ton I've just I mean I've really gotten into it over the last month or so. Um but from what I've played it's it has a really good like self-balancing because um you you can play to any of your four champions which are basically your your attack lanes and uh different things that you play or different effects like if you do damage or if you kill one of your opponent's cards they will turn your champions which then once your champion turns all the way around that unlocks your blessing which will be either a persistent um effect that'll help you or one big like giant strike of damage so as things get worse for you you kind of well, get a little bit it's of a be- not a so bonus. much that it's more that it it can be swingy without being totally random but yeah like you can't just spam a guy with the same thing over and over no so any your deck like i said you can only have three of a card and then when you play a card it's going to the cards also do the little turn thing at the start of your turn and um you can only have one uh unit in each of your lanes or a spell there's two different like the different champions can either play units or spells and there's abilities that you can play on top of that that's like a an instant but the format of the game on your turn you do two things you can play a card or you can play up to two cards or there's like some cards have an a, a heroic ability the and you can activate that or you can draw cards. Like you don't just draw at the end of your turn. You right. have to spend an action to draw cards. So turns are fast. It's fairly simple. There's not a ton of like insane combos or anything like that. And um, you know, it's fairly balanced. There's just there's not a you, turn one kill. You, yeah. No. There's there's <laughs> no way. Another uh, one more thing with the with the deck building. 
the four champions that you use, they have a cost and a health value. So your starting health value is going to be 30 and it can go up to 35 based on them, or it can go below 30. So you don't always start at the same health and the cost of your champions. So your really strong champions with really strong abilities are going to cost more. And there's a cost cap of like 20, if I remember right Mm. off the top Mm -hmm. of my head. So there's some really cool limitations for deck building that, so is that do, similar do to like if you're making a the, team in Warhammer where you have to balance? I've never played Warhammer. Yeah. So just like, <laughs> but, but like an army number, you you have so much yeah, you can do. I, mean, probably, I haven't played it like, either, but I have some games. It probably has like a, a unit limit or whatever, mm-hmm. and something yeah. is worth like five or Yeah, but it, like the, those only apply to your champions. Okay. All yeah. the cards in it just have to fit into that same order. Yeah, cool. uh, the other big announcement for this is that they are taking the game to Switch and uh, PC via, that, via that, Steam. That actually might convince which, me to play. I'm I'm excited to be so the only complaint that I have about the app is deck building on it is a little bit hard because it's on my phone. Yeah, you're you're constrained with the space, right? I'm trying to read the abilities and there's and you can pull up the card and you can see the whole thing, but then you can't move the card around. So being able to do it on a PC I think will be really, really cool. They're also setting it up so like does the switch have a camera built into it? Uh I don't think it does. No. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know how you'll scan cards with the switch. It, it has an IR scanner, so it might be able to get something out of that. Well, the yeah. way that the cards work, there's a pattern that goes around the edge of it. But mm-hmm. you can use a oh, web. That's you can use a webcam mm-hmm. with. Uh, that's kind of cool. They couldn't just put a QR code on it. Well, it is a form of a QR code. It's hidden, though. That's the that's the beauty oh. of them. It, like, gone are the days where you yeah, have to have this like square there. It's, it's kind of baked into the design yeah, the, of the card. The code oh, is it's cool. incorporated into the border of the card. Yeah. Um, but you'll, with the PC version, you'll be able to use a webcam and then I, I don't know if maybe, I mean, there's a possibility you'll have to just use the app to import your stuff and you'll have a shared profile across all, all platforms. So you may have to use your phone or your PC to import and play on your switch, but you will be able to play the game on your switch. Mm-hmm. And that, that's exciting. Cause like I, I was a little skeptical when the switch came out, but it has changed the way I game. Because it's so much more accessible, you don't have it's to like getting a yeah. lot of board games. Yeah, which lately, which I which really is, love. Seems really weird. Like it makes me almost want to get one a little bit. Probably still won't. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. so we're but, seeing more, even yeah. with like the CCGs. Uh, there's definitely the digital avenue to it. We've been playing Chronicles of Crime. This adds mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, the, the, Key the way Forge that they has handle- an app. Uh, the w- that kind of to it too. the way that this game handles their app and and the cross platform where uh there are there's a, an incentive to buy the physical stuff and then in buying the physical stuff it incentivizes the digital like it's yeah it's got a really it's kind nice of an interesting unique system symbiotic mm-hmm. back that- and forth encouraging each like each side is kind of encouraging each other because um an app could easily be the death of a, a collectible card game if it's handled wrong. Right. And similarly, an app could just totally not take off if it's not handled the right way. Mm-hmm. I actually, like, over the course of about a week, played in a locally run tournament through the app. Cool. And in the local Warhammer Champions 
card game group, there is like a rep from Play Fusion who is going to hand out prizes for playing in a for free digital playing on my phone yeah. tournament. Because I, I, I know they did. Cool. If anyone wants cool. to get on our Discord channel, ktdata.net forward slash Discord, find me, Ken of the Dead. If you're interested in this game, tag me, start a conversation with me. I will absolutely play with you. We can we can throw we, down we, on some more. We we have we actually have a room dedicated. Cool. Yeah, we have a room dedicated for online matchmaking. So yeah. just throw it in like, there. Yeah, and, you know we'll see that. Get, and we're starting to see Warhammer kind of transition more into there's every, other games there's just, now. Like, yeah, I know yeah. they had some IP changes in the last few years. I think there's Monopoly now. Yeah, I mean all I have Ga- is I, chaos. I, in the I think I think right. Games Workshop now is becoming less of. Rigid just gonna make yeah. all our stuff and just yeah. spread. Yeah, maybe we could ass. get him to reprint the Horned Rat expansion for, for chaos. chaos. So yeah, I probably won't do that. So I won't have to spend a they don't have to reprint just, they just in have to just bite the bullet, Russ. Yeah. yeah, just bite the bullet. Would be really cool. It's like not a, really like inexpensive. A, a collector's <laughs> edition, like tenth anniversary or however long it's been, fifth anniversary, yeah. like set re-release. That would be awesome. Yeah. All right. So uh, moving on, Russ always, you know. He 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 likes to stay on the latest and greatest. So Boy, we, he does. we had a big oh, announcement today. Yeah, yeah, we we had a big announcement today from Fantasy Flight Games. So you want to tell everybody about it? Uh so just today we were announced that Star Wars Outer Rim is coming. That's out. a new it's IP. A I've never heard of the yeah. Star Wars thing. <laughs> yeah, ever. Uh, and it's a one to four player game. <laughs> <laughs> it's a one to four player game. We don't know a lot about it. Um, it. Like I said, it was just announced today. But to me, and reading through it. It kind of seems like a Star Wars sandboxy game, almost in the same avenue as uh, Firefly. You can choose to be a bounty hunter. You can do jobs, and you kind of go around space. You have to deal with different things. Yeah, you're, wor- you get to you're choose. working out. You have in a pilot. Rim, right? yeah. yeah, you get to choose your pilot. So it's kind of um, it's exciting as a Star Wars fan and sand- liking sandbox games. Uh, and the information provided to us so far, it seems. Really fun. You have to get to 10 victory points and how you choose to do that, either by a bounty hunter or doing jobs or carrying freight, those kind of things. You like making those decisions choice. a lot, yeah. right? Those, those yeah, because you don't have to, you don't have to, all of us aren't doing the same things, almost like Western Legends. Like I can be an outlaw or I can be the good guy. Mm-hmm. It sounds a lot like Merchants and Marauders. I know none of you guys have played that yet, but. I've played it several times, and it's very much sounds the same. Where you're a pirate, and you can attack other people and try to steal their stuff, or you can be the merchant. You basically are a merchant or a marauder. Yeah, yeah. yeah and so, I'm based talking. on the information, the company, the the IP, I think it's going to be a, a pretty solid hit. Yeah, so. yeah. Unfortunately, our hardcore Star Wars fan isn't here because Zach. I like. I swear, you put that logo on anything, he'll buy it. Like, oh, absolutely! I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if he has like Star we were Wars just at his branded house toilet last paper. Week and yeah, he bought all of it. Yeah, like he's bought the Star Wars stuff. Yep. But, but they. But <laughs> See, the, and at the opposite end of the spectrum, I'm not into Star Wars. So whenever I hear about like a new Star Wars game, especially if you guys are excited about it, I go, yes. please let the mechanics carry it. <laughs> yeah. Because anytime Star Wars comes up, I just like to tell people that oh, I'm not a Trekkie. Because I feel like that perfectly <laughs> lets people know how enthusiastic I am. About yeah. Both well, in the discussion, in our discussion you know, on Discord about it today, they, some people were bothered it was the canon characters because they yeah they, were, they were hoping kind of, it was like yeah this, more of that expanded universe yeah, characters you know, that you don't yeah. get to see a lot of players like Zach are going to be worried like oh Han Solo wouldn't do this this is what he would do 
instead of like totally changing and then, it. Yeah. And then there's right. me who would be like, why does it say Star Wars if they're not going to have Luke Skywalker? <laughs> why bother? Why not just make it generic? A sci-fi fantasy world thing because if it's going to be Star Wars. You've got to have those canon because characters. the Star Wars logo is guaranteed to sell fifty thousand units as yeah. long as there's Luke Skywalker <laughs> yeah. and Darth Vader in there. Yeah. Because if they're not in it, I'm not going to buy it. Like, <laughs> well, you know, and, and any there's so so many people between the guys like Zach who are going to be upset that canon characters are acting out of character. I mean, they were talking about art. Like me who go, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what's their names? Like, who's that guy? <laughs> what movie was he from? You know, so, and in between those two ends of the spectrum, there's a ton of people who are going to go, yeah, I like Star Wars. Oh, but it doesn't have Luke Skywalker. I'm good. You know? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that they have to do that with the canon yeah. Characters. It's an interesting board because it's, it's an arch. So it'll be interesting to see how the Kind of like I think pick up and deliver. Yeah, I think it's supposed goes. to emulate the outer rim right. in the world of Star Wars, where like the Jabba's, Jabba's, right? But it reads, it reads like a, it reads <laughs> like guess. the play is a as a sandbox, but yet with with the way the board lays out, it'll be interesting how how that'll work it'll out. Be more of a bowl yeah. instead of a box. Yeah, yeah. it'll All be right. like linear. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm gonna go here instead of. Mm-hmm. All right, so moving on to games that have been announced and aren't out yet. Jared, um, he went and put on his investigative hat. That's right. And actually talked to the owner or game creator of the next one we're talking about. Tim Fowers, if you've ever played Burgle Bros., uh, he also made... The paperback one was Paperback paperback and hardback are his big games. He made another one called Fugitive, which is sort of a two-player spy versus spy, well... It's sort of like a car chase. The whole thing is like you're a spy chasing down this bad guy. And so one of you is trying to escape. And the other one's trying like to catch the movie The Fugitive. <laughs> sort of, yeah. <laughs> lo- his, his games all kind of have this really heavy spy, old school spy movie mm-hmm. motif to it. Um, and so we, we uh, went, got to go over to his headquarters, which is up here in Ogden, Utah, and play tested Sabotage, which is... The Kickstarter has already been, it's already funded and everything, and they're going to print um, something like this week or this next week, and then it's going to be released in April, I think was what he said, that's when it's going to ship, but you can go to their website now and pre-order it, and after playing it, I felt like I just had to come on here and praise how much, how fun of a You didn't steal a copy for us? I didn't. He did give me a copy, though, of the Fog of Love Supernatural expansion. What? what? Yeah. Oh, that sounds awesome. Right? It's like werewolves and uh, like vampires uh, and, and, and stuff. And why isn't that here what? tonight? Um, because I wasn't playing on anyone who has Fog of Love bringing it, honestly. Oh, we, we, always, we always get a lot we of We have a couple of copies. On, it's a two-player game, so it's probably not going to get played in our group a whole lot. But yeah. anyway, so he did give me that, which was really cool of him. But when's that coming out? I think it's already out. Is that already Is out? Not? I don't know. I, I hadn't heard of that one before. Game. It's not already out. I don't know. Awesome. It's at home <laughs> sitting on my couch right now. So I just <laughs> That's all Jared cares about. Yeah. Um, but uh anyway, so Sabotage the game is actually really fun. It's a deduction game and it's sort of like Sonar, two versus two, and you've got a screen between you and one of you is playing spies who are trying to hack the villain's like doomsday devices they're trying to to stop them from launching their doomsday devices and the villains are trying to kill the spies before they're able to do it 
And so what happens is you've got this screen between you and then you have a grid, which is a four by four grid um, with just letters designating the different rooms. And he said that one side of the board is going to have names for all of them. And the other side is just going to have the letters if you're more of a Spartan type person. And that's what you like. But uh, it's so much fun. So the spies. So so what happens is the villains have four dice and they roll them. And based on what you roll, you're able to take certain actions as both the villains and the spies. But whatever the villains roll, the spies have to change their dice to that. And they have to use the same dice pool. And it's just six sided dice. So, for instance, one of the things that the villains can do is they can use their motion sensors to try to figure out where inside the base the, the spies are hiding. And so they have to, like, guess, like, a sector of the base or a row or a column. And if there's any spies in there, they have to tell them how many are in there. You can use, you can uh, use, you can just use movement actions. You can use your taser to try to kill them. And then there was one other action that I can't I don't remember. I remember spies having tasers. No, no, <laughs> those are the, villains. the villains. villains are trying to catch the spies. And then the spies, they have a hack action. They have a movement action. And the thing about the spies is every time they move, they have to tell you where like what column what row or what sector of the base they they are in now and then so where they're leaving where they're going to where where they are after the movement action so you kind of like have these little tokens to track where you know they are because like when they drop in they'll be like i'm in the top half of the base and so you put these tokens on all these spaces to track them and then when they move they say like column d and so you look at the column with the d's in it and then you take all the tokens off the other ones you're like okay they got to be in these four rooms and the f- really fun thing was so you have the screen between you you're sitting there communicating with your partner trying to figure out where they're at or the spies are trying to figure out how best to avoid them you can't just talk openly about it you can't just be like oh yeah i totally think they're in c let's go tase c this turn because they'll know what you're planning on doing mm-hmm. and so you have to out. sit there and like have a like a quiet conversation using body language with them, sort of like the mind. And you're trying to coordinate that. And you're trying to do the deduction game and decide who's going to go in what order. And then the spies are doing the same thing on the other side. They're like, okay, how do we, how do we get out of here? I'm not going to lie. This started off sounding, I was like going, wow, this sounds like, like battleship evolved, but it sounds like it's way beyond. No, that. okay, that sounds so really cool. So, have you played? Have you played Sonar, or I have you not. seen us play Sonar? So, basically, all that is Why is would I see you play a game. <laughs> <laughs> well, we played it here, yeah, and a couple yeah. of you guys were watching, and I don't remember who was here. Yeah, no, but in that know. one, you've got two people, and one person is moving your submarine, and the other person is trying to figure out where the other person is. So, every time right. you move, you have to tell them where you move to, and you just use the little map to deduce where they're at and whoever sinks the other submarine first uh wins this is like that on steroids right yeah so it comes out in april yeah it comes out in april yeah and if you like deduction games which you don't you don't like a lot of deduction i like deduction games it's social deduction games that i'm not a huge fan of but if you like social deduction games this game kind of has some of that for you too Mm, but not too much for you to like not like it right yeah exactly you're trying to like get into the head of the other person be like what would they do in this situation but at the same time you've got a grid here and you can tell you you know like at least i know they're in these four spaces and then the thing is as the game goes on as the game progresses you can get gadgets so like the villains get all these cool weapons and the spies get all these cool gadgets that let them do special actions and so you'll be sitting there and you're like okay i totally know he's gonna hack that doomsday device i'm gonna go and tase him and then you do and you and it's like no i wasn't there 
well, there's a spy thing that lets them like hack these things remotely through a wall, and so <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. They're, they're like yeah. trying to dodge you the whole time. And what ended up happening in our game was me and my buddy Kyle. We were playing against our our buddy Ben and one of the one of the co creators. Mm-hmm. We ended up getting a, a a device. I ended up getting a device where when I used it, the spies had to tell me exactly where they were, and my and my buddy Kyle had a rocket launcher. So I would go first and be like, where are they? And he would use the rocket launcher to blow up a huge chunk of the map. And it sounds unbalanced when I say that, but it's not. Because they were so close to beating us. And we 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 blew them up right before they ended up disabling all of our doomsday devices. Does it, it just, just seem like Jared blast. to bring a rocket launcher to, to like a hamster? So how long fight? was the play? So the play was, we we actually played two games. So we played an intro game, which didn't have all the fancy gadgets. It was just you know kind of short learning game and that one took probably 25 minutes maybe something like that and then the longer game took probably 50 minutes yeah the oh, the, so the box yeah, yeah the yeah. play time yeah the yeah. play time listed as 60 to 90 minutes um on there and if you guys are interested in finding that game you go to fowers.games and that, that'll take you that's f-o-w-e-r dot g-a and he also has another game up for pre-order F-O-W-E-R-S. called getaway S. driver S. yeah S. he also has another game up for pre-order that's called getaway driver that one's supposed to be that one's shipping right now i believe to kickstarter backers and that one's supposed to be incredible as well i haven't played that one so i can't tell you much Mm -hmm. about it but i love the artwork in his game so even if you like that artwork style yeah because he has that kind of like that classic you know spy versus spy kind of you seen the incredibles 2 like the incredibles 1 kind of had it but the incredibles 2 really had that sort of like noir 50s art style thing that's the art style for these yeah. games so it's really cool yeah so that that's pretty sweet so we also want to hear from you guys if you guys want us to feature any of these games um as one of our featured game videos let us know leave a comment below or send us an email um the playthrough at ktdata.net or facebook.com forward slash the playthrough or join our discord channel ktdata.net forward slash discord there's a suggestion box channel you can do that and at the very least you get to hang out with all these crazy nut jobs um, <laughs> yeah we're all it's a pretty active <laughs> yeah. group yeah um and then so going before we go to our last one the project i was going to talk about but i'm going to save for later um is called the game designers if you want to know more about that join us on the kickcast at ktdata uh, kickcast.net and that will actually end up being a featured project there but Whoa, there was promotion stepped up our yeah. game <laughs> so there was an interesting article that russ found that i i kind of wanted to talk to you guys about so um stonemeyer games um he actually wrote an article about his experiment of doing six months of doing map prices, which is minimum advertised price policy. Um, a lot of game game publishers actually do this. Asmodee is probably the biggest one that people talk about, is that they're like, hey, you only can list your game within this price range or within this percentage range of our, re- our suggested retail price. That's why most of the times when you go to game stores and stuff, you'll notice the prices of the games are pretty similar between each other because of that policy. Because if you don't follow that policy, they'll just tell their, their distributor. They'll stop sending you yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. Stop, stop sending the store games for not following I've, our policy. I've noticed like, a very hard one of those on another Warhammer-related game that I've been interested in. Uh, every single Warband, anywhere that I look, it's either the $30 MSRP or it's twenty five fifty. It's one of those two prices. I've it's never yes. seen exactly twenty five fifty. Other prices. price. It is either like 
$29.99 or is $25.50. So that's a, that, like, that is a perfect example of the, uh, what is it, the MAPP yeah. thing and that they, they have that enacted. Yeah, there. so in this article, he kind of describes his whole six months experience on it because his main reason for doing this is because the way that Amazon's algorithm works is to actually drive down the price. So they're the lowest yeah, price. Within in their market. Yeah, price. within their marketplace. So you'll want to buy from Amazon instead of a third party. Yeah. If you're interested yeah, in you know. business, this is... An interesting yeah. article. So, what, but he said, you know, he was discussing about it. What it turned out, though, like it used to be he would check, you know, maybe once a week trying to see if anybody was breaking the rules and he'd find somebody, report them. And then it turned into he would check almost every single day. That, like, and he that, was finding people every day. Yeah. And that was almost his kind of full time job instead of making games and running a business. <laughs> um, and, and unfortunately, like in doing that, he was finding a bunch of like fly by night small operations that are, you know, they would just as easily or just as quickly as he would shut them down from the distributors, they'd change their name and get on the distributor list under something else. Yeah. And yeah, it seemed like it's just, uh, and it kind of had an interesting tie in to, um, another story that I've seen recently where Amazon has finally, for the first time ever admitted that they have a, a counterfeit problem. Where yeah, which with board games is a, hard, a lot harder to pick out because sometimes you, have, you end yeah. up getting counterfeit board games, and so have you not heard of that, that bootleg issue. board game? Yeah. yeah, betrayal had that issue. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, so people will get a get a game and so say weird. say it's a game that um, has like two millimeter cardboard chits or whatever you'll get it and it'll be like poster board stock yeah. yeah well you wouldn't never know if you got a uh, bootleg copy of betrayal no i thought i did but no, did. it wasn't yeah. no yeah but, like, but, you, you can't get much worse than those components but, can you? but between that and and this article it's like okay so amazon has a Amazon is aware that they have a counterfeiting problem with and and it goes with the Amazon article I saw it pop up on different board game centric things but they weren't just talking about that you know? right I mean, sure they've got I'm sure they've got counterfeit Rolexes and and yeah, counterfeit every, everything handbags yeah. towels like scented that. candles yeah so between that they've got this this problem with counterfeits which does bleed into board games and also they've got this algorithm and, and web of sellers that makes it impossible for a right. board game publisher to enforce their own pricing Amazon is it's a big crazy place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a super crazy place. So, but, but eventually within the six months, he ended up just not doing it anymore because it became too much of a hassle for him. Well, that's because yeah. the first thing that I noticed in the article is this is a, Stonemeyer is still a one man operation. What's wrong with that, man? That seems crazy <laughs> to me. Now, understand that he's probably, there's other aspects to the business that he's not like he's hiring out and stuff, but. I mean, he's got four of the biggest games out it there It is right kind now. of crazy when you think about board game companies because sometimes, like, we think they're just these big, like, sometimes they're these big entities, you know, and they've got all these employees who are doing all this stuff, and so many of them are, like, one or two people working out of their garage, and they have super popular games. Yeah, we're not talking about, like, just a, a small game company on the market yeah. right now i mean you're looking at scythe viticulture 
Wingspan coming out. Like those are some of the biggest titles out there. You would think that that would be a reasonably large a company. A little bit of an idea about probably how small profit margins are in board gaming in the board gaming industry. They can't Which be very circles big. right back to right. him chasing down the MAPP yeah. for the Amazon marketplace. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you guys, how do you guys feel about map pricing? Like, do you, do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing? Because at the end of his article, he says, I don't know if I can recommend it, but I also don't know if I can not recommend doing so map pricing. I'm not a business person, so I am probably going to be sounding a little <laughs> bit stupid when I say this. But Don't worry, we he, love it when you do that. He sells, he sells the games at a price, right? Like, he gets paid for them when he sells them to distributors. Why does he care if they're going for Because what happens that? is it'll... if. If it's, it's a, all going down, and he explains this a little bit in the article, it's it's a trickle-down effect, right? If he's selling them, but then people are undercutting him, then the brick-and-mortar stores are going to suffer, which in turn is going to suffer with the the gaming hobby. You yeah, know, kind of so, go spiral yeah. down so, to so where the, so the idea is brick-and-mortar yeah. stores to sell it. It's going to be yeah. undercut. Then so, the people so, on I, Amazon I do, are going to... I do understand that yeah. argument, but I and there's also cannot the, think of, like, I haven't been in a brick-and-mortar store for, like, well, two months, and before that, it was probably another two yeah. months. There's also, like, the, the kind of, I'll call it the Walmart problem of people are going to, to expect that, okay, so, so he wants to sell his game right. for $30. So he sells it to his distributor for ten. His distributor sells it to the next to to the retailer for twenty. The retailer sells it to you for thirty. When the retailer starts selling it for twenty, then the distributor is going to have a harder time selling it for twenty. So they're going to sell it at fifteen, and he's going to have a hard time selling it to the distributor at ten because everyone needs to make their profit. So if the demand the end where the the people are actually buying it, where the money starts working its way back up the chain to him. If that gets too low, then he's not going to make a profit, and no one between him the the, the margins just get tighter and tighter. Yeah, and then and then the the more the and the demand just will fall away. Yeah. You know, and and if it's basically well, if you want to buy my if you want to be able to sell my game you have to pay me this they're gonna go well i can't make that off of it i won't sell your game yeah the, and then the game just goes away yeah there's there's also the problem too with the supply chain with as these stores are like well if the if he's if they're sell, their competitors are selling it too low i have to sell it too low so it's at a loss to me so that means that the next game that they come out with they'll be less inclined to order as many copies because like I can't compete with all, you know, with Amazon and it's algorithm that keeps driving the price down. Cause that's, that's the Amazon strength is it, ha- it people, there's not some guy just changing the price automatically. It's a program that constantly right, yeah. looks that. at other places. So it's always driving it down, which means more people buy there and less at these other stores, which they can't move their product. And eventually it goes back to Stonemire where like, well, I want to make this game, but none of the distributors, none of the stores want to carry my product. So where am I going to sell this to? Well, we see some of that with hot games when they come out. It's hard to to find it because of distributors, right? I'm I'm personally well, worried about being able to get Wingspan it, when it comes out because everybody already has it. And when I a want new it. game ends up being really hot, it's hard. It's yeah. really hard to predict that hotness. So Fireball Island problem. Of, and we saw that with Root, right? Yeah, Root there, was hard so to find. There's also the problem of like how big is your print run going to yeah. be? 
and then they have to make their they have to recoup their money for their print run and they need to make more money so that there could be another print run especially if it's going to be really hot and then you've got to probably be able to pay even more to expedite that so you can stay on the hype like there's so many and we're seeing the growth in kickstarter with board games the business side of the board games is very interesting to me because you have the kickstarters which is increasing there seems to be a and have you higher seen- threshold yeah. of of price for kickstarter like it seems to be most games now are between 80 and 100 dollars. then then you get the add-ons that are more plus the time like the new peterson game that that's april 2020 is that right when it ships or it November, matter. it's going to be amazing. It is going to be amazing. <laughs> it is going to be amazing. It doesn't matter. But then, you just hit back and then wait. And, yeah. Well, you don't even wait. And you just forget get, about it. Then and then you get you... a, a shipping crate delivered to your house. <laughs> and it's not just the Kickstarter stuff. Different factions. <laughs> it's not just <laughs> the Kickstarter stuff. We see also with uh, distributors changing. Like well, Simon used to be yeah. only one distributor, and they've added to it now, which. That side of it has always been weird to me because the distributors at least locally control everything and it, it seems like the the publishers or the stores don't hold a lot of power, which is kind of yeah. annoying. Well to have me. have you seen how mob like the distributors are? Yeah, that's too? what I Because mean. I've actually talked to a lot of publishers and stuff and did you know a lot of these distributors like try to get publishers to sell their games on consignment? As in you don't get any money, you ship them the games. They sell the games if they don't sell the, for whatever price they want, and then you get whatever that is back. And the whole mentality right now in the board game industry, which it seems so backwards, is that you get a game out, it's hot for the first three months. If you don't sell it in all your quantities in three months, your game's a failure, move on to your next and game. It's so and push wild. It. That's I mean, so nuts. That goes for everything, though. I mean, movies win or lose on their opening yeah. weekend. Well, like, I mean, know. some of the board games, I mean, you're considered old after... I mean, Camel Up just got a reprint. It was 2014. I noticed it a lot with <laughs> it's crazy with The Godfather because TJ Maxx had it for twenty dollars, as low as nine dollars. I've seen, which to me for that game is is crazy. Yeah, I because people even, are like, the game must even, be terrible. No, the game's great. I yeah. played the game. I on it like it was fine. I didn't love it, but when I saw it for twenty bucks, I was like, well, I. Yeah, it's worth twenty. <laughs> like, I'll take it for twenty. I'll, I'll end up playing it for yeah, sure. Definitely, but, I wouldn't but, have paid the yeah. like eighty or ninety, whatever the yeah, MSRP yeah. was. I didn't like it that yeah, much, but, but for twenty, but that, it's a steal. Yeah, that that's where that mentality of a Kickstarter is so different right now in the board game world is because you don't have to deal with those distributors right now, and it's a lot of these companies are using it more for the long term game. They're like, sure, this game's going to be popular and raise as much money, but we're also getting a community that's going to follow us. Like, Simon is probably yeah. one of the biggest communities where they can throw something up. I and really wish they'd just do it up. like the claustrophobia one. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was yeah. such a, like, but, but, but that's, that's why we were like, having against yeah. the spirit of Kickstarter. Yeah. Well, th- that's why we were having this discussion about, you're, you're like, who cares if they do updates and stuff? It's well, if you're going to play the long game, you got to you got to make a good relationship with your customer because you're selling directly to them. And, yeah, you know, it, it is building it, that community, community, being able like so they'll come back. KTData.net slash discord. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely about with new games. It's definitely about getting on the hype train, which is is really fascinating, like social media. If you can get 
a game popular on social media, people will want it even if they don't know a lot about it. Yeah, like for and Wingspan, like it just, it's not even out yet, but everybody's like apparently everybody has it for this. <laughs> apparently everybody has it already. But so you don't have it yet. I know. I know. Yeah. And it's not even my type of game, but 150 different birds. That means it's never going to repeat. You just get stuff. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Russ like it. So we want to hear from you guys at home. Are you excited for any of these games we talked about? Um, what do you guys feel about? MAPP. Let us know. I hope that people are yeah. just bored to tears by talking <laughs> business. Um, like I always find it fascinating. So let yeah, us yeah. and read that article on on Stone Miner yeah. Games. It's a it is really it's it's a little bit of a long read, but it, it has a lot of I, kind of. I found it really engaging, and the way that he writes is also it made it for an easy read for how dense the information. Yeah. Was. Well, it made his company seem more personable, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. That, that, but that's it part of building like your community. like I was connected you know? to what yeah. he was trying to do There's, there's with a reason the games. that Jamie Stigmeyer has yeah. the position that he does in the overall hobby and community of yeah. board gaming. Yeah, so let us know by leaving a comment below or shooting us an email. Um, kick the playthrough. I must have said the wrong show. The playthrough <laughs> at ktdata.net. Or talking to us directly on uh, Discord. Yeah, ktdata.net forward slash Discord. We're hoping, and I hope you guys listening at home will help us get to our goal of 50 users on this server, not counting the producers here because that would be cheating but if we get it to 50 um i'm gonna do a random giveaway and you may get some awesome stuff from us too um of course make sure you like and subscribe to the video um if you guys are listening to audio there's a video version of this so you can see us sitting around the table talking um and we haven't decided our game that we'll feature next time on the playthrough but you can if anyone has ideas yeah you can bet it's going to be awesome. So until next time, guys, thank you for joining us on The Playthrough. Bye. Bye.